the Bag Podcast. I am your singular host this week, James Alderman. Slaughter is busy with his lawyer side gig, and I didn't think about inviting Hatch until right before I was recording this, so you're stuck with me for better or for worse. Uh, given my luck the past couple weeks, it, it might be for worse, uh, but we will attempt to work through that, uh, and I will do my best to bring you the hottest of takes this week, given Slaughter's absence. I'll try to pick up my slack there. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about last week. Uh, we had Billy Horschel have the lead for a lot of the final round. Jim Herman went Jack Nicholas and shot a 61-63 on the weekend to win out of nowhere, jump into the, the FedEx Cup, which he was nowhere near uh, position to make. And, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a fun weekend. A lot of low scores, a lot of birdies made. You know, Webb Simpson played really solid again. Patrick Reed looked good. Uh, but, you know, I... Unfortunately for me, Maverick McNeely just didn't have it. He was a guy that, you know, if he had played well, it, it would have been a big weekend for me. But unfortunately, he didn't even, you know, make the cut after, I think, a four or five over on, on Sunday. And that's just kind of how it's been going for me in these past couple weeks. PGA champ, you know, if, if Ricky Fowler makes the cut, then it's a big week for me. Misses it, you know, by one. McNeely here. So I think the process is good. Uh, I'm just barely missing. If the process is good, then the results will come. So stick with stick with what we're doing, and eventually, you know, we'll hit a big six out of six week. You know, last week was especially good. You know, all the rest of my guys, I think, were top 20, 21. I think Harris English was the worst, and he just kind of faded on the weekend. So I think we're there. I think it's close. Um, just keep grinding. And so that'll bring us to this week. We're headed to TBC Boston for the first playoff event. The Northern Trust. TBC Boston is a different venue than we would normally play the Northern Trust, uh, but the, slight, the site has had plenty of history to draw from. Hosted the Dell Technologies uh, Championship just up until 2018, I think for 15 or 16 years. So we do have a lot of data. Our recent results show our three highest priced players on DraftKings as our three winners here with you know Bryson, Justin Thomas, and Rory. Uh, other good course history guys here. Jason Day, I believe he has eight top 25s and 11 appearances here. Daniel Berger has solid finishes here each of the last four years. And then Emiliano Grio, interestingly enough, is the top five, top 10, and average strokes gained per round played here. And in his last three starts, he's finished 33rd, 22nd, and 7th. So there are some guys that, that we can target for course history that are also all the way up and down you know, the price chain. So uh, I think that's a positive. Uh, so the course specifically is a par 71, about 7,300 yards. They're going to be putting on bent grass greens this week. The course is middling uh, on the tour in, in terms of difficulty. Fairways and greens are hit at a pre pretty solid rate, about 66%. But proximity to the hole here is a little further than usual, given the long approaches that the course requires. Uh, this is a rare course, interestingly enough, for, for daily fantasy scoring purposes, a par four actually breaks into the easiest holes to score on, as the short par four fourth is easier to score on than one of the part one of the three par fives, which doesn't happen very often. Almost any course you look at, all of the scoring is done on the par fives, but in this instance, it, you know we have a par four that breaks uh, breaks that mold. Uh, for the process, what are we what are we going to look at uh, to try and construct the best rosters? Who we should be betting on this week? What can past winners tell us about this place and, and what we should be targeting? So regardless of past winners, this is a no-cut event, given that it is the, the FedEx Cup. 
So we'll have, when heavily weighed, birdie or better percentage, more rounds, more opportunities to score. And if you, you know, don't play well the first couple of days, they, you know, you aren't penalized by not getting to play. You can make a run late in the tournament. So we want, we want guys that are going to come out and make their fair share of birdies. Secondly, we want players who have a distance, distance advantage off a of tee. The Rick Run Good stat software shows that the best correlated stat to winning is driving distance. And I think you know, Bryson didn't have quite the distance, but you know, still fine off the tee. Um, you know, Justin Thomas can, can really move it down a fairway, and obviously Rory McIlroy can as well. So that's kind of the thing we're taking from, from the, the previous winners. And then in the case of Justin Thomas and Roy McIlroy, I think it shows that we don't necessarily have to uh, look into putting that hard. I mean, both of these guys get streaky with the putter, which is basically what we need from guys that we're going to be playing. We don't need people that are consistent putters uh, just because, you know, nobody would ever look at Justin Thomas or Roy McIlroy and go, oh, that's those guys' strength. They roll the ball in the greens really, really well. It's just, it's just not who they are. Also, you know, rough is not particularly penal here, uh, and... On average, driving distance is longer than other courses, which tells us the guys are basically pulling driver out of the bag more often. And so we want the guys that are going to take advantage of that. Most recent winners here gained strokes all the way across the board. And so I don't think there's any specific, specific strokes gain stat that sticks out. So we're just going to look at it from tee to green this week. Since I don't think we super need to factor in putting, uh, we'll look at the other three. And then the course setup, like I mentioned earlier, lends itself to longer approaches. With long par fours, I think there's five that play 450 plus. Shorter par threes, which means you're leaving yourself, you know, 200 to 215, 220 yard shots in for, for players of this caliber off the tee. Excuse me. And uh, three long par threes of 200 plus yards. So we're going to look at 200 plus approach proximity. And then that's it. Let's hop into uh, the players by price here. We're going to start on on DraftKings, um, we'll go, you know, 10,000 to max, we'll go with the, the six guys, start us off. So we have Justin Thomas, price the highest, followed by Bryson, Rory, DJ, Morikawa, and Rom, rounding out your, your six guys above 10,000. I think there's cases to be made for each of these guys. Uh, Colin Morikawa has probably been the best player since the restart. You know, two wins, lost in a playoff, and the other one won the first major of the year. While he lacks the experience, he definitely has the form uh, advantage on the rest of these guys. Justin Thomas won the recent WGC. Uh, he did not play as well at the PGA Championship, but, you know, grinded, made a cut. You're not going to have it every week, no matter how good you are um, as a professional golfer, and he just didn't have it that week. Bryson obviously had a great finish in the PGA Championship, has won here before uh, at, at TPC Boston. And I think the, the model kind of fits him uh his his approach play and around the green play are always going to scare me i just think it's so weird that all his clubs are you know six iron length and i wonder if that you know hurts him some around the greens and, and on and his approaches this is clearly it's been tough for him to dial in so again when these fields are this big even though he fits the course his driver is not the weapon it is when he's playing in smaller events so I, I don't know how much I, I love Bryson this week. Roy is a guy that won here in 2012, 2016. Maybe he wins every four years. I don't know. We'll see. If he wins this year, then I think in 2024 he has to play and bet Roy McIlroy. But you know he, he's, he hasn't shown it to us, uh, and I've you know kind of rode with him since 
since the restart, thinking, you know, it's got to happen at some point. He's Rory McIlroy. He basically didn't finish outside of the top five going into the, you know, the, the extended break for COVID. No, but he just hasn't shown it since. If he's going to show this Rory McIlroy that we're used to again by the end of the season, it's got to happen this week, right? It's a, a track he loves. He's won twice. It's at a course that fits his game. You know, you got to be able to drive the ball off the tee, make a ton of birdies. And, and I think if he doesn't show it this week, then maybe we if it's actually time to jump off Rory for the rest of the year. But I'm going to give him one more go this week. He's definitely my favorite play. Dustin Johnson, yeah, he's got you know a first and a second you know, his last four events. Uh, but he's also you know sandwiched in an 80 and a 79 and a couple of missed cuts in there. So I don't know exactly what to make of Dustin Johnson. Um, I, know I think most DFS players uh, won't. I know that the betting odds aren't particularly high on him, at least nearly as high as his, you know, his DraftKings price. And I think part of the reason he was so good at the PGA is because his putter got so hot in round three. And I think round two was pretty hot. You know, so, so I think that's maybe a reason to avoid him. It tells me that his ball striking wasn't quite as great uh, as we may think it was. And it's similar with Morikawa, right? Like, he didn't lead strokes gained approach which is where you would expect him to win a tournament. He gained eight strokes putting. So maybe it's a reason to fade both those guys this week. I know that I won't be playing either of them, and I don't have as much problem with playing Morikawa. I mean, Dustin Johnson's my actual fade here. You know, Rom's just kind of been solid recently. He grinded his way to, to a 13th finish. He didn't play great at the WGC, won the Memorial, 27th at workday. You know, he's a guy that drives the ball really well. He's a great iron player. I mean, Rom's just great across the board, right? Like, he's a solid iron player, great driver of the ball, really good putter. Um, so, you know, I, I have no problems playing Rom. And if you want to drop your price a little bit, because I think that the, the next range is pretty tasty, and, and go with Rom as your guy, I have no problem with that. I'm going to be going with Rory. Probably won't be playing JT, Bryson, DJ, or... Uh, Morikawa, maybe a little bit of Rom mixed in as well. But yeah, I, I, I just think that's the way I want to go. Again, outside of DJ, I really just don't fault playing any of these guys. And, and I think any of them could come out and win this week. We'll go uh, 10,000 down to 8,500 now. I love this range. There are three specific guys I'm going to be targeting. And one of them scares me because, you know, you tend to want to jump off guys when... They haven't been playing super great, uh, and now they're really hot. And that is basically exactly what Jason Day is. You know, he 46 travelers, 100 RMC, and then four straight top seven finishes. And it just, it just kind of came out of nowhere. He played one great tournament. He's been playing incredible since then. Everything looks great right now. His ball striking has been great. He's been playing great off the tee. He hasn't been doing it specifically with a hot putter. Uh, it's actually... He's only 48th on tour and putting this this year, and so you gotta you gotta view the whole package, right, with Jason Day, and we all, all we know he's always gonna be good putting and around the greens, and now he's put the ball striking with it, and I mean nothing shows me that it's not going to continue. It's just scary um, at this sort of price. You know, it's it's more manageable to to play at 8,300, 8,700, but 9,300. He's a real cornerstone in your roster. You need him to play well. That being said, I do really like Jason Day. He has great course history here. Uh, he's got a second and a third. And I, I think he, he looks like the guy that's going to win. You just never know if the back, you never know if the health. 
Uh, but I, I really like Jason Day this week. I'm going to be playing him in lineups. Uh, Daniel Berger is another guy that I'm specifically going to target. He's gained the most strokes per round of anyone since the restart, including Morikawa, who's been phenomenal. Uh, and he has you know, solid course history. He's got top 35 finishes here, I think, in his last four four trips to TPC Boston. So Daniel, Daniel Berger is a solid play. I'm going to be playing him uh, quite a bit. And then the other guy I like is the guy right below him in pricing. Uh, Tony Finau, three top tens in his last three starts. He was phenomenal at the PGA. He struggled at WGC. Sure, uh, another no-cut event, and that's a little bit frustrating, but I think this course fits him pretty well. He's a really solid driver of the golf ball. He's just actually really, really good at everything this year. Even his putting, he's he's top 75 almost uh, on tour and gaining strokes there. So I think Tony is a great play. I think he might be a little high-owned. You might need to separate yourself somewhere else because the price of 8800 for Finau seems really, really low given his, his recent form. He's just been so good tee to green that I, I think you – I think most people will have him as a centerpiece of their lineups, and this is kind of the place you don't want to miss. For who I don't like, I, I really just don't like the bottom section of this, from, from Tiger Woods down to Paul Casey. Um, Matsuyama isn't providing you the win equity that people expect from him, I guess, with, given his ball striking. Uh, you can't crack the top 20 in a tournament right now, no matter what the strength of the field is. You know, Tiger Woods looked inconsistent at best at the, at the PGA Championship. One round his irons were bad, one round his putter was bad. And yeah, he's going to put it together at some point, and he's going to get four rounds to do it. I, I just don't think that his best is better than everybody else's right now. He's still figuring stuff out, working off some rust, and that's fine. And then Paul Casey, he just doesn't make enough birdies because he can't putt to make a run. And I guess same kind of with, with Matsuyama as well, to make a run in these sorts of things, in my opinion. I know Matsuyama's won him before, but he's basically got to hit it to... You know, both those guys have to hit it to five feet, and this is a hard place to to do that consistently, the stats show. So those those are the guys I'm staying away from, you know. Everybody else we can make a case for. Well, I can make a case for Patrick Reed, Cantlay, they both play well in no-cut events. Obviously, Webb Simpson's Webb Simpson. Um, he just consistently plays really, really well, including last week, you know, another another top-five finish at his favorite tournament. Uh, and, you know, Xander Schauffele's just been incredible. Not, like... Jason Day, uh, incredible, unfortunately, but he's 13, 14, 6, and 10 in his last four starts, and nobody seems to talk about him, uh, even though he consistently ends up high, highly owned in DFS. But all of those guys, I think, are playable, but I would stay away from the bottom of this pack. Um, specifically, I guess it, now's the time to note, Brooks Kepka has withdrawn. He would have been my uh, super fade. I am of the belief that you know Brooks Kepka just isn't quite as good as everybody else thinks Brooks Kepka is. He won some majors. He talked some trash, and people loved it because they thought Brooks Koepka was cool or whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll jump down now from 8,500 to 7,500. I think this is where you determine how you want to build your roster. You can get pretty cheap here and, and and even down below this and give yourself some some room up top to work with a couple of expensive guys. Or you can stay toward the top of this, right? You know, Adam Scott, Hoblin, Scheffler, Hatton, there are big names here. So you can kind of determine where you want to go. Or you can drop down a little bit lower, and that's where you can play. You know, Matt Wolf, Answer, M, these sorts of guys. I think you give yourself some leadway in this room to decide. You know, do I do I have to? Can I play Finau Amber, or can I just play Finau and then have to go cheaper? Or can I go all the way up to Justin Thomas? This is where you get to make those decisions for yourself. Start with guys I like. Tyrrell Hatton. You know, you thought we all thought the PGA should have been as weak, tough, tough conditions, windy conditions, weather, short course, favors iron play, uh, and. Honestly, he was really solid ball striking. 
but the putter just let him down like it has the past couple weeks. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Hatton. I think you know he's a good putter despite the fact that he's been putting really poorly. I think he's like 20 of the strokes game putting still on tour this this year. So I'm I'm fine. He's not completely off of it. And and Tyrrell Hatton's too good of a golfer to not figure it out. Um, my favorite play in this range is, is Scotty Scheffler. He was awesome at the PGA. Nobody's saying a word about him of the guys that finished top right. I think he he didn't blink. You know he's he's as young as Morikawa. Uh, first time in that sort of position as well. Didn't blink. The putter just didn't get as hot as it was on Saturday, and he, he didn't get a chance to win. And um, I think he he fits the mold of golfer we're looking for. Makes a ton of birdies. Incredible driver of the golf ball, and the putter can get hot. So I wouldn't be surprised with another top ten from him here. And Sung J M is my other guy. I said I wouldn't play him until he showed me, you know, that he he was back again. And this is two straight tournaments, getting strokes with his irons. We know he's great off the tee. And so I think he gained like nine strokes ball striking last week, and he gained strokes across the board. Makes a ton of birdies. I think he's back. The two guys that I'm definitely avoiding out of this range are Jordan Spieth, Justin Todd. Um, for the same and different reasons, uh, same reason is this is a track where you have to be a good driver of the golf ball to have real success. And that just isn't the strength of either of these guys. Spieth isn't accurate enough. And you know, he can't even figure his game out at somewhere like um, the Wyndham and, and, and finishes, you know, 70-something, whatever, barely makes the cut. Uh, and, and Brendan Todd you know, struggle has, has struggled on the weekends notoriously, uh, and I think specifically he's just going to get overpowered this weekend. He's not going to be able to score the way other guys are that have length off the tee. So we'll go uh, with guys I like below 7,500, and, and I think this is a there are a lot of really good names, there's some guys that fit the course pretty well, and given that there's no cuts, you have an opportunity to to have your guys that may not have made the cut play longer into the weekend and keep grinding and maybe makes get some more points for you where you wouldn't have gotten elsewhere. So, I, with that being said, I, th- I think there's value here. I'll start off with two guys priced similarly the the upper echelon, uh, upper price range of this um, this spot, Varner and Doc Redman, both both 7,400 just came off of weeks gaining strokes across the board, which isn't something they always do because they're not great putters. So given that they're also hot with the putter right now, and Doc Roman specifically has been putting a lot better than he did at the beginning of the year, that also adds with really being really solid drivers of the golf ball and guys that can make birdies. So I really like both those guys at the upper end of this uh, range. Uh, someone I usually don't like recommending, I already talked about him a little bit earlier, Emiliano Grillo. Um, just this is just based on course history. It seems to be somewhere he's familiar with uh, and enjoys playing. So, and we already know he's a great ball striker. Um, so if, if if you know if he can hit it close enough to make some birdies, then then all the better. Um, and he provides you some roster flexibility. Uh, Sam Burns falls in line with exactly what we're looking for here. He's a prolific driver of the golf ball, and he can get hot enough with his you know irons and the putter to make birdies. Um, Lanto Griffin, when he's priced this low, he pays off his value 10 times, 8 to 10, um, pretty consistently. It's that simple. Um, McNeely let me down last week, but if you need to go to a lower price, I think 6400 he's there, long off the tee, makes a lot of birdies. Unfortunately, last week he just made a ton of bogeys as well. My last play down in this range, uh, and this one actually is from Slaughter, so I guess he makes the podcast. He brought it up yesterday when we were talking about who he liked, uh, is Cam Davis. He grades out 10th in the model I put together, actually, uh, based on the criteria I talked about a little bit earlier. Gains strokes everywhere except the greens, which is fine because he can get hot enough with the putter to make birdies. 
and the way he's playing as of late has, has just been really solid. I think he's top 30 in his last three events. Yeah, Cam Davis is 12th of the 3M, 32nd at the Barracuda, and 15th at the Wyndham. So he's playing really good golf right now. And it's a, like a sneaky good play for 6,300. Somebody who's going to make you birdies as well as you know, just play, play consistent golf and, and hopefully not let you down outside. And, you know, maybe he misses a couple close putts, but that's about as bad as it's going to get with, with Cam Davis. For the betting market, there's some numbers that tell me to play, guys. Uh, you know, Day's number of 21 to 1 versus DraftKings price tells me that the market really likes him. DJ, you know, and then there's the, you know, Finau, 33 to 1, again, better than his DK price. Market also really likes uh, Matt Wolf and Billy Horschel, and they're pretty similar right now, right? They're, they're priced really high compared to their DK contemporaries. They are both really good drivers of the golf ball, streaky iron players, and really solid putters who've been playing well as of late in their last couple tournaments. Uh, I think on the flip side of that, there are a couple of market prices that, that are telling me to fade guys. I think the two guys that the market's telling me to fade are Dustin Johnson at 23 to 1 and Morikawa at 24 to 1. Their betting market price isn't consistent with their DraftKings, you know, contemporaries. And, and it, actually, if you think they're going to win, then those are great numbers value-wise, right? You had DJ, who is, you know, 12 to 1, better than a better odd than Rory for your money, um, and only $400 cheaper on DraftKings. So if you like DJ... Then, then, then maybe this is the place I play DJ or Morikawa this week. I, I, I make a bet on them as opposed to to playing them in your lineups where they could you know derail the whole thing versus just be a, a piece of the bigger picture. Guys with longer odds, I like. I like Scheffler at 60-1. to 1. Again, I, I'm just a Scheffler guy, but I think his game really fits this course, and he's got a good chance to go out and win if he plays anywhere close to the way he played at the PGA. For longer odds, the two guys I like, Cameron Davis... Uh, 175 to 1, worth a flyer, along with Emiliano Grillo, 150 to 1. I don't think either of those guys is going to go out and win the tournament. I guess Grillo, ha- I mean, obviously he's got better odds, but has a better chance to go out and win the tournament. He's obviously shown top in talent for, for finishes before, but, you know, I guess anything could happen, maybe worth a dollar or two. Yeah, so we'll get into to the, the fun fun little pieces of the, the podcast. We'll go Nicholson play. Uh, to start, Tony Finau is my Nicholson. I think he's in great form. He's priced in a way that you can fit him in a lot of lineups. And I think he's close to breaking through in a tough field. You know, we've been saying for a long time, we need to see Tony Finau. This is where he's got to come finish top 10, top 5, and he's been doing that as of late. Uh, his game looks crisp. Iron play looks great. Off tee game looks great, and his putter's getting better. So I'm going to have a, quite a substantial amount of Tony Finau this week, and he can determine how my week goes. Who who am I going to fade? Who are my fades? I already talked about him a little bit. DJ Morkala up top, and then Spieth and uh, Brendan Todd down below. DJ Morkala, just think they're overpriced, and the betting markets being bearish on them is, is a confirmation bias for me in that, given that they were so good at the PGA because of how well they putted. And I understand Morkala did other things well, but he just... Gaining eight strokes putting is, is not sustainable for somebody who is generally as bad at it as he is. And then I just think Todd's overpriced and Spieth is priced based on name. So that's where I'm going to go with that. Um, my draw, Scotty Scheffler, he just seems to be the guy from the, the PGA Championship and just kind of the young guy on tour that nobody talks about. And I think he's going to be relatively low-owned 
for that reason, right? He's up around 8,100. People have been seeing him 73, 7,400 recently. And, you know, I was playing him when he was, you know, 9,000 during the beginning of the season and, and lower quality fields. And so 8,100, given that he finished top 10 last or two weeks ago at the PGA, feels like nothing to pay for, for Scotty Shuffler in my lineups. Um, and then finally, who, who's my pick to win? Um, I, I'm going to pick Rory again, even though it keeps burning me. And, if, you know, if he, like I said, if he doesn't show me anything this week, I think I'm off Rory for the rest of the year. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for a big performance. I continue to play him because I do really enjoy rooting for Rory as he plays golf, and I don't want to have to root against him. Um, and I, I expect a big performance as well. You know, it's a, it's a course he has experience hoisting the trophy um, after four rounds. So I'm, I'm hoping that he can capture that four-year magic again and walk away with another trophy at TPC Boston and the Northern Trust. That's all I have for you this week. It goes much, much quicker without slaughter and the banter and back and forth and the talk about weather at the beginning of the podcast. But if you want to interact with the show or, you know, either myself or Slaughter, I'm sure he has time to answer your tweets, even though he is lawyering currently. You can find the show on Twitter at InTheBadCast, Slaughter at Slaughter, and myself at JamesPaul4. Uh, you can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple, we're there. And we'd appreciate it if you, if you leave us a review, leave us, you know, a five, five-star rating, four-star rating, I don't really care. Any of that you can do for us is, is much appreciated. And we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen, um, I guess, just to me today, but um, to us usually. Happy investing to all of you this weekend. Uh, and what is shaping up to be an exciting start to the Northern Trust with, you know, 124 out of 125 of the guys here. Usually that doesn't happen. And we hope you'll tune in again next week uh, to follow along with these playoffs with us and so we can make sure you have the right clubs in your bag as we wind down the PGA Tour season. Thanks again. Stay safe. <laughs>